As you know, the On Farm podcast is brought to you by the team at Seen and Heard PR and Marketing. And I just wanted to remind you about a new initiative that's happening here called On Record. On Record is a project to preserve voices, stories and memories for the future with your very own audio recording. So we're recording memories of rural life. We're travelling around Scotland, working with families and organisations to capture precious voices of family members or staff members or long-serving office bearers to preserve those for posterity and sometimes for historical value. So if you think this project is something that you'd like to be involved in and maybe you have a grandparent or a parent that you'd like to capture on audio while you can, please do get in touch. You can find out more at onrecordmemories.co.uk. Oh, I think it's wicked that you get to come and you can escape an urban environment and be out in a rural environment and still have that connection to a city. It's Monty here. Thanks for being with us for this episode of On Farm. I think we're eight miles from Dundee, which is pretty wicked. Today we're partnering with Go Rural Scotland. Go Rural are a group of farmers involved in the agritourism sector. We're helping them to promote something called Days Out on Your Doorstep. The aim of the campaign is to encourage people living in Scotland's towns and cities to visit nearby farms and crofts. This is our first time. Um, my daughter's obsessed with animals, so we thought, what a great idea to go and take an alpaca out for a walk. Yeah. What's your name? Lexi. Hi, Lexi. And are you excited to be on a farm? Yes. Today's focus is Dundee. We've been on to farms around Dundee to hear about the brilliant experiences available. This is new to us. Um, I actually didn't know it was here until I'd ventured online. She's very jumpy. <laughs> she feels like a rug, doesn't yeah. she? Yeah, yeah, that's a better way to describe <laughs> it. She feels like a rug. This episode is a whistle-stop tour of four farms in total. I hope you enjoy it. We're on farm number one, and I'm just going to go straight to the farmer now and ask her to introduce herself. <laughs> Hi, I'm Anna Lamott, and I run Guardswell Farm. We've got lots of different um, strands to our bow, I think. We've got a converted farmsteading, which is... Which we're standing in front of it looks fantastic actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So a bit of um, agritecture we like to call it um, that we do events in so anything from kind of markets to parties to weddings to a little cookery school and then we also have some accommodation on site so we've got three self-catering houses and then we've got three huts which are sort of little off-grid havens around the farm. We also have Guardswell Grows which is a kind of chemical free organic not organic certified but chemical free market garden so we grow lots of lovely veggies for wholesale and we also have a little farm stand honesty box that we sell stuff out of um, yeah and we do educational stuff too so workshops and getting kids out into the farm and running around and meeting the animals and you're in an absolutely stunning location we're looking down onto the Tay we're looking right across to Fife and we're overlooking Dundee it's beautiful yeah. Yeah, we're really, really super fortunate, actually. We can see, like you say, we can see the Lomans. If you kind of go to the other side of the wood over there, you can see over towards Bridge of Urn. Up the hill, you can see over to Ochter House. Dundee, on a good day, you can see St Andrews. Um, you can see the Tay Bridges. Yeah, so we've got this amazing panoramic view from the farm, which we're really, really lucky to have. This is a, you know, yes, you've got the tourism offering here, but this is a, a, a real live, as it were, farm as well. And, and you, you've got produce from here that's going into Dundee. Yes, we um, have Garswell Grows, so the veg side of the business. We supply Fraser's Fruit and Veg, which is a lovely little 
veggie shop on Perth Road. And then also, obviously, when we do our Hoggett boxes, we do delivery and we kind of take into we take Dundee into that area. So yeah, we have that opportunity to. Anna, we're standing here in front of this lovely barn conversion, and it looks. I'm I'm just peering through the big plate glass windows with the view behind us here. It looks fantastic in there. What is this, a party barn, an event space? What, what's going on in here? When we designed it, we wanted it to be really versatile, so it really is um, multi-use, in that we do do some weddings and parties and events, but actually our main focus from the very beginning and really going forward is to kind of have it as a space to showcase um, rural skills, so like workshops. Um, we also do some markets, so evening low-waste low sort of produce markets idea being that you can come and do your supermarket-esque shopping but in a rural environment and shopping from kind of independent direct retailers. So it's really great and we can do spoon carving workshops and we have kids outdoor day camps and if it's a bit manky though ever they can go and run around inside for a wee bit and then get back out into their waterproofs. So yeah, basically anything. I know that sounds like a very like vague answer. I'm really interested in what it means to you as an agritourism provider to be on on the doorstep, as it were, of a city like Dundee. Oh, I think it's wicked. It's the kind of the best of both worlds, I think, that you get to come and you can escape an urban environment and be out in a rural environment and still have that connection to a city. So say if you want to come and you want to spend one day whilst you're here just roaming around the farm and kind of, yeah, going for nice walks. And then the next day it might not be the nicest weather and you fancy we trip to the V&A or you can take yourself to brunch or you can go and get a really good coffee. And that's all within like a 15 minute drive. I think we're eight miles from Dundee, which is pretty wicked. But we also have quite a lot of customers that come and stay on the farm from Dundee. We've got a family from Brotty Ferry that come a few times a year and I think our closest visitors we've ever had are down from in like Insture which is only three miles away and they just want that kind of different perspective being kind of quite high up on the hill and overlooking the cars and yeah we're quite lucky I always feel like it's quite an unusual view because it's a really flat kind of the arable flat land of the cars and then it kind of goes quite steeply uphill I feel like it's quite African plainsy to have that kind of perspective yeah, of like. Yeah, I, I get that actually. That's that's a, a, a funny way to put it, but I get that. It's so flat down there and so steep here. Yeah, and it changes. It's a patchwork. It changes throughout the year. So when the all seed rapes in flower, it's obviously like lovely and patchworky and yellow, and then different bits get ploughed, so you get different areas of brownie bits, and then different like levels of vibrancy in the green. It's wicked. It is like a patchwork quilt. What what are your sort of personal connections and family connections with to Dundee? Do you do you feel that that's the home city and and you're a shop window of agriculture to to show the people from Dundee what's going on in in the countryside? Yeah, I guess a little. So I actually I grew up directly below us on the Carcigari, so on the kind of like flat bit looking up the hill. I guess when we were younger, Perth was always like viewed slightly more positively than Dundee, but I feel like in the last ten years, Dundee has done this complete flip, and it's now this wicked vibrant kind of bustling city with lots going on there's a better food scene and there's obviously the V&A and the kind of waterfront so yeah I feel like we've got quite a cool opportunity in that we are so close to Dundee and it's a bit like the idea of taking farms to cities as opposed to expecting people to leave cities and I guess in a climate change carbon conscious way as well if we can take food to the urban centres that's kind of better as well. And on that climate change and and, and, and let's not, you know, jump in an aeroplane type note, they're here. That's your consumer base and your your visitors and whatever, you know, they're, they're just down there and you're on the doorstep. And also anybody coming from further afield, we've obviously got train stations in Perth and Dundee, anybody in, an, in a rural area 
particularly if they're a little bit more remote, has slightly more accessibility issues in terms of buses. But we're super fortunate in that we're really close to the A90 as well. So if anybody did want to get a bus, they could just hop on up the hill, which is not too far. That's absolutely key, actually. Farm tourism is brilliant, but unfortunately, by its very nature, it tends to be a bit less accessible from public transport. We also do um, discounts for anybody who cycles because we think that that's a pretty like good commitment. If they've cycled here, then yeah, they deserve a discount. It's a good reward when you get here. I was just about to say, I think we'll draw a line at that because there's no way I fancy cycling up this steep hill. <laughs> Anna, thank you very much. We've got lots of voices to cover because I know that you've got lots of farming colleagues in this area all with a tourism offering, and we're, we're going to hear from some more of them as we move on through this episode. So we're heading to farm number two now, Newton Farm Holidays and Tours. I believe it's 20 minutes drive, 25 minutes drive. We'll be there shortly and we'll meet the farmer. Well, they should be going in there to get halted up. And do they know that? Yeah, but the forklift's not normally there, so they're like... They come in here every... It's because they're emptying the donkey today. Patch, behave! I'm Louise Nicholl. I farm here with my husband at Newton of Fotheringham in Angus. We are currently offering tours and experiences on the farm, as well as you can stay on the farm in either the B&B or our holiday cottage as well. We're standing here, you've got some uh, Highland cows behind you there. Just, what have you got? What's what's all here? It's, I, I saw alpacas, I can I can see, is that goats down there? You know, what, tell us what, what, what you've got here. Um, so originally we're a beef and sheep farm, but uh, as well as the crops that we, we grow here, um, including barley, uh, there's peas and potatoes grown here too. We actually introduced a lot more animals over the, the years, partly to encourage um, you know tourists to have that interaction when they were staying with us, because we originally just started with B&B and the holiday cottage. So we've got goats, we've got alpacas, as you mentioned. The Highland cows are my pets, so we've we've brought them in very much as just because I've always wanted Highland cows and took 20 years to get some with uh, through Farmer Graham because it's not part of our normal commercial working efforts. But we do have a herd of cows as well. We have suckler cows. We have a micro pig and uh, hens and ducks and yeah, pretty much, you know, everything really. Call me, and you can, a bit of a cynical sheep farmer, but why alpacas? A bit random, but we rehomed some originally. Didn't expect to do anything with them. We hadn't appreciated how good they are at looking after the sheep and at lambing time and they protect the lambs from foxes. So they have an agricultural purpose here on the farm. And then somebody suggested we did the alpaca walking and it sort of went, well, actually, if we do this, you know, we know people are interested in them. It'll bring people to the farm. We can get them out in the countryside. And it's a different kind of experience. And while we're on the experience with the alpacas going round, we talk about the landscape, we talk about the crops, we talk about what's going on. So they're still benefiting from the countryside, the agriculture and rural management, the countryside management that we do. I've actually never even seen one in well, my life. <laughs> my name's Kerry Watson from Arbroath. Is this your, your first time here? Yeah, this is our first time. Um, my daughter's obsessed with animals, so we thought, what a great idea to go and take an alpaca out for a walk. Yeah. And what's, what's your name? Lexi. Hi, Lexi. And are you excited to be on a farm? Yes. I'm hoping to see alpacas, and I, I'm hoping I can, like, pet them and stuff like that. I'm Elaine. This is Bianca. Hi. I'm Zara. 
And we watch the. They've got a very informative Facebook page, so me and Bianca watch them at night. So um, there's lots of videos and stuff. So we'll get to know the the farmers and all the animals mm-hmm. and stuff. So we've seen the alpacas on Facebook. So we thought we'd just come and visit them, didn't we? Yeah, I like seeing the alpacas because right. alpacas are really cute. You like the lambs and stuff yeah, as well, don't I you? I like. Um, just I think it's a goat, and I think it's called Lantern. I love her. <laughs> Feeding the, what is it, the Lamb, goats? The lambs and the goats. Yeah. yeah. They're you get good. the lambing experience. You get to feed the lambs and cuddle them and, mm-hmm. you know, pet them and stuff. So it's just it's just good. It's a nice day out when you're looking for th- places to go and you, there's not much to do around here, especially with being locked down and stuff. We've been cooped up, so we're always looking for things to do and this is just the perfect place to come. It's not far from us. We only live down, about 10 minutes down the road, so mm-hmm. it's good, isn't it? I love it. <laughs> is this... A new thing for you coming out on a farm tour? Yeah, this is new to us. Um, I actually didn't know it was here until I'd ventured online. But I'm really glad we have chose to do it. It looks looks brilliant. uh, We're going to maybe jump on the tour and we'll hear how you get on as we go along. Is that okay? Yeah, Yeah. that's great. I'm Rhiannon. I'll be taking you on your alpaca walk today. The most important thing is washing hands because animals can have germs and bacteria on them. We've got hot hand wash that we'll do at the end. And then we'd say to keep your hands away from your face and out your mouths and not to eat and drink until we've washed hands. The kids that are here today are all age eight. Usually what happens is that we'll have people who will choose and opt to add on a farm tour or a a feeding tour onto their alpaca walk. So they'll do the alpaca walk first, we'll finish with that, and then they'll go on to meet and feed all the different animals on the farm. So it's relating back to agriculture at every point we can and that food story. Just just looking around me, Lou, I mean, and I, I, I don't mean this in any way disrespectfully, very much looks like a working farm. It's a proper experience that you're offering here, isn't it? It's come and see a working farm. Absolutely. Well, even this morning, they're, they're maybe not so enjoying it so much when we've emptied the dung today. So, But we, we just want to be able to share that experience and that it is a real working farm. So for health and safety, very important that we're going to keep space mm-hmm. between us all. The alpacas don't mind being touched down their neck area and the back area here, the front. But again, they do not like their heads touched, OK? This is because they communicate. So nice slow movements when you're working with the alpacas. We're ideally going to walk with them at their shoulder. It's not necessarily diversification, is it? It's it's a form of marketing. It's showing consumers and customers what a farm is, where their food comes from. That's one of the things I'm really, really passionate about is sharing, you know, where your food comes from, how the animals are looked after, you know, coming and seeing them in the environment that they are naturally in, you know, out in the fields, you know, grazing the grass. People can come and and ask us any of the questions that they want and we will answer them honestly what reasons we will have animals in certain places, why the cows are inside over winter, for example. You know, it's all about the real experience, especially for um, encouraging people from the sort of urban communities out to actually see what a cow is and, you know, why their um, food comes in the way it is. You know, all about traceability and everything to do with farming. What are the reactions? Um, We have a whole scope of different reactions you know, surprise, shock, you know, the fact that the cow has a rough tongue when they're hand-feeding a cow, you know, that really throws people. You're trying to let them know that, you know, that they've got a tongue that feels like a bit like a cat tongue. Um, but, yeah, or, or the length of tongues on the cattle or the fact that the goats are so friendly. 
you know, the actual education side for children, we've had children come here before that have stood and asked us what the brown thing was. And, and taking... What was the brown thing? It was a cow. Oh, right. And, and that was quite shocking because we, we were trying to say, sorry, what, what do you mean? What, what, what brown thing? Because to us, we're seeing every day... We don't appreciate what we've got on our doorstep and what we've got here that we are used to and, and just take for granted. So, it, yeah, and we the, the laughs, the smiles, the tantrums when it's cold, you know, the, the jumping in the puddles, all these experiences that some people just don't have and don't get and, and can't find easily. It's quite a jumpy one, we've been told, so I'm a bit worried now. Oh, Jura. Jura, I think. I forget names quite easily, so that's why. <laughs> she's very soft and she's very jumpy. <laughs> she feels like a rug, doesn't she? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a better way to describe it. <laughs> she feels like a rug. It's going to be really fun. Hello there, I'm Stephen Melville from Couple Hills Farm. Couple of Hills is a third generation primarily arable farm. Um, we sit on top of a hill looking out towards St Andrews. We've got a farm livery, the arable business like I say, um, we've got some holiday lodges and we're in the process of starting um, to do some on-farm farm tours. Tell us a bit more about what people can experience here when they come and stay. Our typical guest is very much family, family based so the lodges all sleep six so we're typically getting our Mum and dad and two or three kids, or some, quite often the, the grandparents will come too. Um, and they're coming here just to enjoy the peace and the tranquility that comes from yeah, being on a, on a rural location. So as I mentioned, Couple of Hills Farm, it's a, it's a really scenic location. We sit on top of um, a hill, there's plenty of woodland behind us. Um, some of those stunning views you'll come across in Fife, looking out towards the Eden Estuary, which sits alongside St Andrews. We've got lots of amazing farm walks. We're big into our environmental schemes and a, a huge array of different flowering plants and, and trees all, all around us. And it's all fully open to the public. Um, and it just gives a wonderful environmental and farm experience for all our guests that come to stay. People coming to stay, but also people coming from out from the city, Dundee. You're, you're only a, skipping a jump from Dundee and enjoying being in this environment on this working farm. That's right, we're, we're only eight miles from Dundee, so it's no distance at all, and I suppose that's the beauty of where, where we are. We're so central to St Andrews and Dundee, and it just gives the public as a whole the opportunity to come out and enjoy what the countryside has to offer, which is freedom, space, and yeah, the ability to enjoy what everyone wants is space. But, but more than that, though, because you are a working farm, so you know, are you giving people a little bit of an insight into what happens here on the farm? Very much so. I'm, I'm very keen on educating the public, I suppose, on, on what goes on. I like nothing better than explaining, you know, what's going on at, on the farm at different times of year, what the crops, what crops we grow, what they're then used for, the, their final destination. Um, it just gives people a bit more of a, a link and understanding of where the, where the food they eat comes from. And do you think that people, you know, coming out of the city, coming out of Dundee or whatever, do you think they, they are a bit naive to that? where the food comes from and what's going on in the countryside just on their doorstep? I think quite possibly they are, yes. It's, and it's, it's no fault of their own. It's just the way society, I think, has changed over the years. There are fewer and fewer people involved in the countryside. And as farmers, it's up to us to educate in the individuals on, 
on where their food is sourced and how it's produced and, and the high standards that we as farmers have to adopt in order to produce the food that they consume. Just describe the view from one of your holiday uh, lodges. What do people see when they look out the window? I think that's probably one of the things that I'm most proud of of all where we live at Couple of Hills here. I mean, we are on top of a hill, huge, big, open landscape right in front of us. The views are, you know, amazing. You know, so there's the sea in front of us, there's acres and acres of fields, there's miles of hedges, there's trees behind us. And it's just a very open and, yeah, accessible landscape. We are, we are located right in the very edge of Bamullo, the village of Bamullo here. And, oh, We've, we've got people walking every day through our core paths and through the woodlands and it just gives them great joy and we want to encourage more people to enjoy the assets of the country. You're enjoying it too. I'm sensing a real enthusiasm for showcasing that to those who come to stay here and those who might come on farm tours. This is, I guess, more exciting for you than just growing a crop. That's very much the case, yeah. The wildlife, the, num the amount of birds in the farm that we have has just increased year on year because of the environmental schemes that we have adopted. And it's great that the public can enjoy that. And one thing we really get a lot of, and you're not seeing it right now, is we often have kestrels hovering right in front of the lodges at eye level because of the, um, the, our location. Right. And that's just great to see. And you can't walk around here without coming across wildlife, whether it be the deer in front of the lodges, the hares boxing in, in, in springtime, the partridges, the pheasants and the kestrels. It's great to see. It's, it's just great to have the wildlife around, I have to admit. And Super. all of our guests enjoy that. So, we're now up into the hillier country and we're in for a treat because this is something very different. This is not about animals and alpacas and what have you. This agritourism experience is very different. Again, there's some quite uh, plush tourism experience looking buildings. Is this where we need to be, I wonder? <laughs> Carling? Yeah, <laughs> How are you? Not too bad, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm Monty. So I'm Caroline, I'm one of the co-owners of Ogilvy Distillery, so it's my husband's um, family farm, so he's the fourth generation of the family to farm here. Mixed farm doing various things, but um, vodka's been something a little bit different and his uh, legacy he's leaving on the farm is, is his generation. So This is just some of the cattle that we have in the shed at this time of the year, so... They get a little bit from the distillery too, that they get the coos booze. So this is the leftover potty all from the distillation. So we have happy cows around here. <laughs> There's no actual alcohol in it, but we, we just like to have a bit of play with us. And you're calving just now as well, obviously. Uh, yeah, so a few, a few just arrived recently and uh, a lot more to, to come yet. So we've got about 40 cows that we breed with as well. It's interesting. We're doing a whistle-stop tour of agritourism experiences that are in the vicinity of Dundee. And... This is different. You're making the vodka here, but you've got, you know, it's a, there is a tourism experience as well. Yeah. There's a visitor attraction, there's a tour. Tell us a wee bit about that. Yeah, so um, we thought it'd be a really great thing to get people to the farm and see what we do. Our USP really is that we're producing everything on the farm, so we grow it, we distill it and bottle it here. So we're very lucky we managed to secure some funding to convert one of the old steadings on the farm and start running distillery tours. So we have our tractor and trailer, we take everybody around, we show the farm as much as the distillery because actually I think that's where we're quite unique in comparison to other distilleries is that we're farmers as well as distillers. So um, we go into the potato sheds, we show everybody where we, we 
store them, grade them, etc., and then show how we transform them into our world-winning vodka. So. It's a real field-to-bottle story. Yeah. So we talk about being ground to glass, actually. Ground so glass. yeah, we can tell you on each bottle exactly which field the potatoes came from. So we have all that traceability for the supermarkets. Anyway, it made a nice story to bring into the vodka as well. So why vodka? Why vodka? Um, so, why vodka is a good question. Um, Graham has always wanted to diversify on the farm and actually has had some weird and wonderful ideas before he arrived at vodka, from space blankets for growing carrots to hydroponic peppers to fish farms. And one day he came in and said vodka, and I was like, oh, this sounds way more appealing to me. Um, but he spent a year in Australia many years ago, like a lot of farmers do, working for a farm out there. And they grew their own grapes on the farm, produced their own wine, and took it to local farmers' markets. And he really liked the fact they had a story to sort of go out and, and sell so came back from there with all sorts of ideas and his mum and dad said no you need to sort of prove yourself with what we do first so it's sort of this idea had stuck with them for a while now obviously we don't have the climate for growing grapes here we do have potatoes and we've got the wonky shaped ones that the supermarkets don't want a bit frustrated with that and we thought what could we do with them and that gave us the idea for vodka and do you do you feel that there's a real local pride in what you do You've got the distillery here and it's it's putting the area on the map and local people are coming to do the tour and be proud in what you're producing here? Yes, definitely. I mean, we go out to a lot of local events and I think now that we've got the tours here, people coming and seeing it and they say, oh, you, you genuinely do it here and we are very much about the authenticity of it. But, you know, things like doing Flower and Food Festival in Dundee, you know, we have some great local support in the Angus and Dundee area and, um, yeah, it's just great when they when they come and see how it's actually made and, and then they're telling their friends about it as well, which is fantastic. It, it, it is, I suppose it's... Oh, there's a whole load of deer running up the field there. I've certainly seen the scenery today. Um, I suppose it's just something that people can relate to. They can relate to going to a, a, a pig farm and then sampling sausages or going to a dairy and then sampling ice cream. You know, it is. It's coming from the ground here, and it's part of what's what the place is about. Yeah, I think that's something Graham always talks about. Is you know, he used to sit on his tractor coming up with ideas to do, and and now his humble potatoes from the fields are going all across the world, and people are sampling our, our vodka now. So it's it's become a much more global thing for us as well, which is fantastic. And also, what we've tried to do is create a vodka that's got character, so it actually has flavour to it. So a lot of whiskey drinkers are quite surprised that they like vodka when they try it. So it, it's about being able to savour it and sip it in the way that you do a good whiskey as well. So, would you want a peek inside the distillery? Mm, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> That's where all the good stuff happens. <laughs> so, this is where we transform the potatoes into vodka in here. So, um, all of our, our wonky potatoes come through on our eBay conveyor belt here. All, right. um, all the kit that you see is second hand, actually. The only piece of kit that was new was our still. Um, so, in, in our sort of ethos for sustainability we've tried to repurpose and reuse yeah, yeah. things this is a ex-butcher's meat mincer and then um, we've got ex-cabaret cream egg tanks here that are fermenter tanks and <laughs> so, so the tatties that's the tatty shed next door um yeah so just beyond that we've, we've got the tatty stores just over uh-huh. here um and the other side of this shed um is where we do all the washing of the potatoes so that's what we call the dirty side of the distillery okay. and then everything's clean once it comes through into okay. the distillery itself and i'm going to take a guess because i can see you've got labels on all these machines and i'm going to take a guess at what they do and just see if i get this right okay. tatties come through here yep mr mincer mashes them all up yep right 
And then I'm lost. So it's over to you. <laughs> so Mr. Whistler's our cooker. Um, yeah. So we cook the potatoes for about two to three hours in here with water added to it. It becomes too sticky and heavy to move if we don't add water to that. And we add enzymes at that point to start converting the starch into to sugars to make the alcohol. We then pump it from there into these tanks which, based on the, the names here, you're not going to guess what these do necessarily. Lady Claire, Lady Crystal, yeah. and... We've got Lady Rosetta and King Edward. Okay. So these are our four fermenter tanks. Right. Ex-Cabrary cream egg tanks, so we've repurposed them for this use. Um, but we put the, the mixture into here, and we add the yeast, and it'll start to bubble very actively to begin with. But it'll ferment for about five to seven days, which is quite long fermentation. And then once it's finished fermenting, we then take it round into our still over here. Loving the fact that you've got all this um, mural on the, on the wall here, yeah. the tractors and the tatty plants and the grading and just a bit of an explanation of all what goes on, even in mural form on the wall. Yeah, well, we just thought it was fun to bring a bit of colour into yeah. the distillery. It's all very stainless steel, so, um, but the graffiti artist had to get Graham's John Deere tractor just right. So. <laughs> <laughs> Difficult farmer. Yeah. <laughs> and then this is spud or still, um, so eight metre high column still. And we do two distillations here, a wash distillation and a spirit distillation to get it to 96% strength, which is what it has to be to be classified as vodka. Won't drink it at that point. But <laughs> I would have thought not. Yes. <laughs> Pretty potent. So we store it in the tanks here, so just as we've got fresh potatoes, we work really hard to get all of that produced into the spirit, and then over the summer months, when we don't have fresh potatoes, we can be producing all year round from that. Ah, right, okay, so that's, that's important. So it is. Tatties, as fresh as possible from the field, yep. to get the maximum yield. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So right, so good. again, from a, an agritourism point of view, you know, have your distillery on the farm because it's where the ingredients are coming from at the right critical time. Yeah, no, definitely. And then there's other things that we do throughout the year when we're not doing the main vodka production is we use our fermenter tanks to make creme de cassis liqueur. So we source local black currants from another farm, um, we macerate them in tanks of vodka and then we press them um, and add the sugars to them. So a bit like adult Ribena, but it's very, very, very popular. <laughs> so, so we found ways to sort of utilize it and tie into local areas as well, which is, is good too. Very good. And then from here, you bottle on site as well? Yeah, so it all happens in the bonded warehouse that we filter the vodka through charcoal and then we hand bottle and hand label. So no fancy high-tech kit for us. Caroline, thank you very much. Really enjoyed that tour. It's just really interesting to see something different happening with agricultural produce and just to see, you know, tatties being turned into what they probably ought to be, either <laughs> chips or vodka. <laughs> Absolutely. And we can hear the cattle in the background and they're enjoying, what did you say? The, the coos booze. Yep. And <laughs> get their share too. But yeah, it's a, it's a very sustainable story as well. And using something that was a waste product, we didn't want to create further waste. So the fact the cattle are getting their share of it and we're, we're not wasting any part of the distillation as well is important. So you're doing it right. You're doing it right. And you're doing it here on the farm. People that come here for the tourism experience, they're seeing something happening from the produce of this farm. That is what agritourism is all about.
Absolutely. I think it's a really authentic, genuine experience that people can come and see exactly where we grow the potatoes. I mean, we talk about food meters rather than food miles. Do you do that when you go on a tour? Do you go out to the tatty field? Um, so it depends on time of year, but we, we, as I said earlier, we have the tractor and trailer. We take everybody around. So, I mean, literally the field ahead was one of the fields for growing potatoes last year. So people come and see the pond where we source our water from for the cooling of the distillation. The potatoes are growing there. And here is just where we, we distill it all. So it's all within a very small area, which I think people really like. Massive thanks to everyone we spoke to for this episode. Anna Lamott at Guardswell Farm, Louise Nicol of Newton Farm, Stephen Melville of Coupler Hills Farm and Carlene Bruce Jarin of Ogilvy Distillery. All of those are within a stone's throw of Dundee and they're open to visitors from near and far. We had a load of fun recording this episode, as I'm sure you heard, and we're looking forward to doing more of this in the near future. We're going to be showcasing farm tourism spots near other cities around Scotland with our partners at Go Rural. In my opinion, anyway, it's great to have an organisation like Go Rural. They're all about building relationships between rural and urban Scotland. And I think, as a farmer myself, that that's brilliant. We need people to understand that our produce is, well, it's from the highest welfare environmental standards for a start. As farmers, we are looking after the Scottish countryside. What better way to learn that than to go and visit a farm? So hats off to all involved in Go Rural as far as I'm concerned. Your usual reminder, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. On Farm is made by our team at Seen and Heard PR and Marketing. And you can talk to us anytime if you need a podcast or help with any rural food or farming PR and comms. That's it from me and bye for now.